0: The attention is clearly there, there are quantifiable pieces of evidence that show that it's there. And if you can't capitalize on it, that's the brand's fault.
1: Welcome to another
2: episode of the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. I'm Joe Sullivan, your host and a co-founder of the industrial marketing agency, Gorilla76. This episode is brought to you by Prolific, an account planning solution that enables manufacturing sales teams to log key information and build account plans right inside of Salesforce, rather than resorting to sticky notes, spreadsheets, whiteboards, and slide decks. Learn more at prolific.ai. That's P-R-O-L-I-F-I-Q dot A-I. Cristiano Ronaldo, Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, Selena Gomez, Taylor Swift. According to social media today, these are the world's five biggest social media influencers. Now you might be thinking, "Uh, Joe, isn't this a manufacturing podcast? Right. Right. But there happens to be something the manufacturing sector can learn from these people that all the cool kids are following it's about leveraging access to your audience through individuals who already have their attention my guest today a marketing pro at a machine tool manufacturer will make this a lot more digestible to you so let's get him in here eddie saunders is a father husband muay thai and kickboxing coach former top-ranked MMA fighter, sports announcer, singer-songwriter, videocast host, public speaker, marketer, mascot of marketing, and lover of all things adventurous. Passionate about his family, his faith, and his work, Eddie strives to establish and deepen connections with others while always seeking to better understand the human experience. In a world of constant scrolling and watching, Eddie prefers moving and disrupting. Eddie, welcome to the show. It's so
0: cool to be here. You've had some really amazing guests. You have some awesome conversations. And
2: I'm really humbled and excited just to be able to participate in that. So thank you, man. Well, oh, I appreciate that. And it's fun to, I, I love having other podcast guests on this show because, you know, it's, I, I watch the stuff that that you publish and, you know, gets a lot of visibility on LinkedIn and and we didn't actually speak in person despite all the communication we've had, you know, over the last year. or So we kind of run in a lot of the same circles. And so it was, it was great to finally actually meet you in person and not have you here on the show. It should be fun.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I got I got some coffee in me, a little bit of enthusiasm, so we we're set up, man. We're set up. So, what's on your heart, mind, and soul? I'd love to talk.
2: <laughs> well, first, the first thing we have to do here is address this MMA fighting and kickboxing thing that's on your resume, because most of my guests have things on their resume like you know engineering and machining and sales, which is all awesome, but yours is a little different than the typical background, and uh, I think we'd be doing a disservice to our listeners by not having to start there. Oh, oh goodness. Well, first and foremost, I'm a much better hugger, I'm a professional hugger for what that's
0: worth. I'm a, I'm a lover. The fighting days are behind me, if you will. But no, it was, it was a huge part of my life it started when I was, you know, 16 years old. So I've been doing it for over 14 years now. And it, it was nice. It was a great challenge always been a competitive individual. And as much as I had aspirations to want to go play like division one football, like any you know other young football player wants to do. I, I thought to myself, you know, there's a lot of other ways we can be competitive and actually be able to compete with individuals who were in my specific weight class. So still just as much of a challenge, the hardest I've ever had to work, you know, and overcame a lot of injury and adversity through that. And and it's nice to be able to do as much as I have uh, through the community, because you think it's just fighting, but I've been able to fight corner coach announce uh, been doing the commentating, as well as everything except for be a ring girl, man, they won't let me I'm not qualified. (laughs) Dang it. But it's okay. And I've been able to stem a lot of that love. and, And a lot of that, you know, just competitive spirit to now running my own MMA gym, which is just really cool. It's really fulfilling to give back to a lot of individuals as well as having youth programs to help create type of that that youth self-awareness and bully prevention because it's a big unaddressed problem and and it's just brought me a lot of amazing things aka my wife my sons and some of the greatest friends that I've ever met just in my entire life so I'm really thankful it's really weird because you think how can you be friends with people that you just punch and kick and choke and and beat each other up but there's this weird thing that
2: happens that brings humans closer together Wow, that's pretty cool. And then very unique for sure. So that that's awesome. Thanks for sharing. Well, Eddie, the topic that I really want to explore with you today is this idea of influencer marketing. And when I say influencer marketing, you know, our listeners probably think, well, this is manufacturing, not the Kardashians, right? So let's give us an overview because I know this has been your world for a while and something you've you've figured out how to do. Put this in context for us. What are we talking about with influencer marketing and especially in the manufacturing sector?
0: Yeah, so when it comes to just industrial marketing, in general, everyone thinks, Okay, how come we can't do things as exciting? How come we can't really be as innovative or outside of the box? First off, that's a personal choice. That really is. And you're seeing influencer marketing be a huge thing, not not even become in in that specific space because this has been around for a long time. Michael Jordan, you know, with Nike and you could probably associate all these individuals. If we go back as early as 1935, my girl Shirley Temple did a collaboration with Wheaties before they called them collaborations as her special little picture with every box of Wheaties. So you have to think people have been putting faces and tying them with products for the deepening of human connection. the early 1900s, and even before so, if you will, where we've only documented a small portion of that. And manufacturing is really no exception to that rule. There are consumers that are involved, there's intention that really is involved, and there are individuals who are capturing a significant part of that attention. And I really think that a lot of individuals, I, I wish I could say they're missing the mark, but you have to try first in order to miss the mark. And so many manufacturers of just general tools really. Uh, are are missing out on a lot of that really undervalued attention as far as I'm concerned. And when you think about influencers and social media in general, yeah, it's completely misunderstood. But in a marketing world, we're all about accumulating as much data as possible. It's 2022, if you can't speak data, you're already a step behind. And in marketing, there's no exception to that specifically. But when it comes to that, you're able to see really the general reach, talking about likes, frequency engagement as well, which is hard to do or difficult, I should say, in a lot of other platforms. But you get to really put your brand on the shoulders of a specific individual who you know has the attention of others who specifically use your product. And with marketing being a human to human thing really in my heart and mind and soul i believe that that just bolsters any specific effort that you have and more people should gravitate towards that from a brand perspective and not run away from it just because you don't know what to do with your hands
2: so i think it's all a great point for some context here i'd love to you know kind of hear an example you you work at flex machine tools mm-hmm. what are examples of you know how you've made influencer marketing working influencer marketing work for a machinery manufacturer. I think you you know you mentioned to me a few weeks ago there was I forget the guy's name or his, his social name, but somebody who had 500,000 subscribers on YouTube. And like what do you do with that when somebody has the attention of the audience you're trying to reach? Sure, sure. Well, really
0: not all influencers are created equal. So as individuals are really seeking that as a marketing avenue, which I highly, highly suggest it's, it's looking into and reverse engineering the attention. Like what are we trying, who are we trying to get in front of, if you will. And so flex specifically, we knew that we had a machine tool that made lives easier. And as much as we would love people to listen to us and take our word for it, we thought who better than to find somebody who is a hub of attention, AKA our really well trusted influencer in eight mom, nine, if you will, you know, he's got we we saw his metrics, which you can't always base it off of, you know, follower count and things along those lines. We also saw that individuals were engaging with his content. It wasn't just the double tap, hitting that like and scrolling on. Individuals wanted to leave a comment. They were asking questions. He was interactive. And through that, even within a two year span, just providing him the opportunity to feature our specific products, knowing he was talking to the people that we were really trying really hard to talk to in a million different ways. And we're able to really get over 1.554 million video content views in under a two year period and then additionally to take it a completely different perspective so we can prove, okay, you didn't have a one and done. We also, uh, we have ergonomic products, if you will. And we understood that welders are holding these grinders and they're busting out their shoulders, arms, hands. And so he said, hey, we have a problem to solve here. And so we did a collaboration specifically with a well-known welder and Petty's Welding out of Knoxville, Tennessee. And we went through a vetting process, but we found the right communicator who has a clear chunk of attention in that welding community. And through that specific collaboration, Flex has been able to really capitalize not only on the additional tension frequency and those metrics, but to do what we intended to do. And that was actually sell more product to the individuals who we knew were going to use it. So. Those are just two great examples off the top of my head um, of various other efforts, but it also starts with knowing who we're trying to talk to before we even start looking for that right influencer.
2: Well, it's so smart. And here's what's interesting to me. And this is why it's so important that you have a pulse on where your audience gathers information, how they communicate, where they go online, because you know, I could talk to any number of manufacturers that I've worked with throughout my career, consulted, and none of them ever hesitate to run a five thousand dollar print ad in their in the industry journal that is most relevant to them. And I ask, well, "What? Why are you doing this? What's the return on this?" They say, "Well, you know, it's it's hard to measure, but we know our audience is, gets this." Okay, so what's that mean? That the magazine shows up in their office and sits on a coffee table because, you know, they are X type of company. Okay. Well you're not doing anything differently here by saying a bomb 79, this guy has 500,000 subscribers on YouTube. So what, you know, he's the media platform, like that's it. Or the welder you described that person is the media platform, except the difference is their platform is actually getting engagement from the influencers on your customer's end that you're trying to reach. So why would you, why would you run a $5,000 print ad that's going to sit on a coffee table as opposed to activate somebody who has active loyal followers and go through that person to be your Avenue and and figure out how to collaborate with them. And, And so it's just, this is not a new model. It's just a different channel for executing the exact same model you figure out who has the attention of your audience and you go to them so this should be something that way more manufacturers are doing it's just not in their mindset to say well this this guy who has youtube followers or who posts something on TikTok and gets a million views would be the first you know stop for me right guaranteed attention it's guaranteed attention and there are so many
0: times where we seriously just want to throw something at the wall hope it sticks and that's that's marketing that's marketing. You're going to make crappy campaigns. No influencers are created equal. They're just not, you know, if I wanted to release, uh, you know, maybe that grinding tool arm, if you will, with a bomb, it probably wouldn't work very well, regardless of his specific following. So it's really important, very important that you have at least some type of vetting process and don't just go find the person with the best, like with the largest following, because relevancy is a huge, huge thing. If you're, if you're trying to Google search, for for cupcakes. I don't want to find the local plumber. You know, it's simple things along those lines. You get it. You get it. The attention is clearly there. There are quantifiable pieces of evidence that show that it's there. And if you can't capitalize on it, that's the brand's
2: fault, not the influencer. Totally agree. And and yet your point about relevancy is is so important. Like all you have to think about here is who are the people you are trying to reach and influence as, as a company? Who is your audience? Who do you need to reach? Where do they consume information? where who are they following who are they getting information from and think of that as a potential avenue for reaching those people because they already hold they've already captured the attention of your audience so collaborate with them right Mm -hmm. and the audiences are just growing
0: that's the craziness they're just growing. Um, now we work so closely with Avom and we get to kind of really work with him, I'll get a lot closer on specifically, not only doing campaigns with him specifically, but also helping him manage campaigns through other brands he's working with. And it's just astounding to watch his following organically grow with his consistency. So not only is it guaranteed reach for us, we also know that attention is not going to get smaller.
2: That's absolutely right. Let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Sticky notes, spreadsheets, whiteboards, slide decks. For many manufacturers, these are the places where key account details are stored. But the most effective manufacturing sales teams today are leveraging technology for strategic account management and for maintaining customer relationships. Two of those tools, Prolific Relationship Map and Prolific Crush, allow for real-time visibility into key account growth, new business pursuits, and which customers are at risk, and all right inside of Salesforce. Learn more at prolific.ai. That's P-R-O-L-I-F-I-Q dot A-I. So Eddie, good lead in here to a concept I've heard you talk about. I I don't know if it has the Eddie Saunders like TM on the end of it, but the buddy branding system. What's this all about? I guess we're kind of talking about it already, but but break down what, what that's all about. Sure,
0: sure. Well, uh, honestly, it's not 100% based on working with influencers. It's not just collaboration on that specific realm. I recommend, especially in the industrial manufacturing space, if you will, that larger brands connect with one another. And, and it's kind of the idea of a rising tide lifts all ships. But I take it back to, you know, when I was out and about running the town when I was younger, We I had to implement, you know, traveling with a buddy, riding your bike around with a buddy, or when we're going out swimming, you swim with a buddy. Because I here in this marketing world, it's not only dark. Sometimes it can be dangerous, if you will, especially when we're treading deep waters. And and to that point, for lack of all these other fun nautical analogies, it's really the base concept of allowing individuals to open up and be vulnerable with one another and helping one another tell our stories. We were able to really capitalize on this at Flex using some of the products that we had specifically. And we saw synergistic brands that thought, hey, if we were to do something together, not only does it allow us to help shine our light a little bit brighter, but working in tandem with another brand allows that light just to get a little bit brighter from a data perspective, from an awareness perspective, and just from that synergy perspective. So if we pull the mask that is buddy branding system, it's really synergistic collaboration with brands of the like. Now again, these aren't all created equal, if you will, the some brands are not meant to work together. But if we have let's, let's say, for example, a large machine. Large machines can be kitted up with cutting tools, for example. Flex has done various collaborations, video demos, things along those lines with some of the world's largest cutting tool brands and individuals who we probably couldn't get the time of day if it was just something that we were trying to ask something of them. So it's a real empathetic, synergistic effort towards really helping one another tell your stories. And the opportunities are essentially endless. Just requires an open mind a little bit of creativity and very low amount of effort while also doubling the
2: amount of output. I think it's a great concept. You know, I, I've seen other companies bring this to life like giving a, you know, another example, one of our clients is a robotic systems integrator, mission design and automation and these guys, you know, they're FANUC certified They've done, they've done collaborative webinars and digital events with FANUC, right? And so like they have complementary skills. One manufactures robots and the other one is an integrator and you, you have, you have an overlapping audience, but you bring different areas of expertise together and you, you know, it benefits each other. Like that when you, when you can sort of, you know, one person brings this and the other person brings this, well. Together, you're creating more value for your audience and you're also cross pollinating audiences and email lists and you know there's just so many benefits that can come with that.
0: Of course, of of course, that's really the point of it if you think about yourself and myself, for example, from an entity standpoint, you have your community. That's really what, you can call it whatever you want. You have your community of attention. I have my community of attention. And if we combine our efforts, it's really simplistic. I literally just put a name on it. That sounded fun. And I'm a sucker for alliteration and assonance. But so the whole buddy branding is great, but it's really, it, it's not a difficult concept, but everybody just wants to kind of keep their secret sauce. And then when I can market myself, and I want to keep their cards close to their chest. That's cool. But there's power and empathy and vulnerability in 2022 and beyond. I promise you, if you heard it here first, I guarantee you're You're going to hear it somewhere else again soon. And, And even if you think dating back to like when COVID happened and everybody just sat on their hands and they waited. We put the we seriously put our foot on the gas and we said, Hey, I want to do a collaboration with you, 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 and you. And then from that has stemmed, you know, tens of videos, if you will, plenty of content that's come from that, the attention that's been taken. And instead of sitting back and waiting for something to happen, we gathered our troops and our tribe and we started really shining our light, turned it up to 11 and we're carrying that momentum even now to this point, starting it back from early 2019 and, we got so
2: much momentum, it's, un, it's unreal, because we've rallied with others. I love it. I think it's really smart. What, what are some ways that a manufacturer could go about doing a collaboration? You know, like I talked about doing a, a live digital event or a webinar or something like that. You've talked about video content, like what are some tactical ways you could do something in tandem with another organization?
0: Sure. I mean, in, in the manufacturing and the industrial world, one of one things that we could really do is is it's easy figuring out what tools, and we we'll go kind of to a tool manufacturer or any type of machine, what type of equipment works with yours. And a lot of it's, again, going back to your audience and recognizing what type of content they're trying to see. Like for us, for example, we know that people love, especially the machinist world, the individuals who are utilizing our products love watching chips being made, straight up that's a big thing. And so us knowing that and realizing what our audience wants, which really is the core of everything, you can have the greatest idea in the world. But if you haven't recognized your audience, it doesn't matter if the two biggest brands that ever did it go together, you're going to miss the mark significantly. And so really starting at that point is going to be super, super helpful, so that you can at least align correctly. But but some of these individuals whether it's your best customers, people are afraid to do collaborations with their customers and doing some type of video testimonial doesn't matter. if it's a brand or it's a general consumer these are all things that we can do anyone who you work with on a daily basis whether it's from a transactional standpoint or whatever it may be being able to find those people and and i will say the, the biggest challenge is people who are open-minded because you still have plenty of i'm gonna hold my cards close to my chest i can tell my own story i don't need your help and as shallow-minded as that may be to an extent you're going to reach that but those who genuinely want that I would argue that it helps even deepen that relationship because you're putting effort towards that. So whether you have strategic partners, great customers, there are so many ways that you can really uh, help shine their light, shine your light, tell their story, tell your story, and create some good synergy together. It's all about identifying your audience and then the
2: individuals who are open-minded to doing that with you. Eddie, you've told me that a lot of handshake agreements go on in influencer marketing, coming back around to, to that topic for a minute here you know, here's my product, go make a video. I I could see how that would make a lot of manufacturing leaders kind of nervous. What's the balance of risk reward here from your perspective by putting your product in kind of a stranger's hands, frankly, and saying, okay, go do your thing. It's so risky and I wish people would stop doing it.
0: Like, <laughs> I, I I really do. Uh, and I get it. I, I completely understand. There, like, I respect it, Joe. I, I genuinely do. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we're going to strip this, the layers of this onion. We're going to get to the stinky core. This is a business decision and a marketing investment. And as an entity, I just recommend that you treat it as such. Everyone knows Flex. You know, we're really laid back. We have a lot of fun. You know, we're the Google of manufacturing. We get called all the time. But it's not unreasonable to hold a content creator accountable, um, especially in like they're providing a service, if you will. And so, if you're comfortable providing a five, six, you know, seven figure piece of machinery to somebody without any paper behind it, whew, you are a brave individual. Get after it. Get after it. But have you ever played darts with a blindfold on? I'm sure you could hit the board. But with that being said, there's nothing wrong with really creating some type of deliverables, as well as that accountability, because you're being held accountable as the entity to provide the product or the service, whatever it may be. And so their service in return definitely needs to be laid out because there are very generous influencers and Flex has been we've been so, so blessed to really find the right people because I believe we have a good vetting process. But those who don't and who are new to it, there are individuals that will take advantage of, you know, I don't want that to be the fear, but don't allow yourself to be taken advantage of And that'll never happen, so I would definitely say that that we can be laid back, but as the product investment increases on your specific part. We need to make sure those deliverables come infinitely more important and there's not a dang thing wrong with having them. On paper they're almost expecting it nowadays with this whole creator economy being a thing so don't be afraid to make sure that you
2: know exactly what you're getting because this is a business investment decision you're making. Well, I'm, I'm sure there are some, you know, breaths of relief going on right now from from some listeners saying, you know, trying to figure out what, what what do we do here? Like, all right, you know, we, we know who those people could potentially be, but I don't really know them. And I don't know what, you know, they're going to do when I hand off a piece of machinery or my product and put it in their hands. So that's good to hear.
0: I yeah, know it's great. It's great, and there's a lot of fear because there's so much of the Ricky Bobby syndrome, and they just because they don't know what to do with their hands. They hold like, okay, um, they have a couple thousand followers. Okay, can we do this? Like, how do we engage this conversation? Remember, at the end of the day, they're literally, literally human beings, mm-hmm. and they're using their content, their passion, their voice to just communicate with others. And if your tool gain some attention, your product, whatever it may be, that's going to happen. But this is there's still things being delivered by you, and there's nothing wrong with it. And I would say that that moving forward, not putting yourself in that position to have that conversation taken seriously, you're going to get exactly out of it what you put into it. Good,
2: Eddie. Shifting gears here. I know you were a sales guy that moved into a marketing role. You kind of had a marketing mindset as a sales guy already, which I think has helped you figure out a lot of the things we are doing now for sure. But you know, what mindset shift do you think that some sales folks in manufacturing need to be making in this era? of content and video and influencer marketing and everything we're talking about today.
0: Oh, dude, it's a war zone out there, yo, bring a helmet. No, <laughs> no, in all reality, like me and myself, because I was in sales for 12 years, read all kinds of books. Like I was in it. I was like, I am a sales lifer because that's just, I always had like this deep little guy and I said, I just want to be a marketer. Can I please be in marketing? Always wanted that. My degree is in marketing and a lot of my sales experience is um has been through consulting at marketing and advertising vehicles. But what I will say is, is with that relevant experience, if you will, that sales reps and really the people in that world are only as good as the tools you have and the abilities to utilize those tools. And over the last 12 years, I mean, you know, 12 years ago, there were still great tools, but now, oh man, the sales professional has so much content data and just so many amazing tools nowadays. And creating a personal brand is one of the greatest things that you can bring to the table. My success specifically in my previous roles has come almost exclusively from my personal branding efforts, because I recognize that I am not the only individual trying to have this conversation with the individuals who I'm trying to have this conversation with. Recognizing that was my first step is I'm not the only one. Then two is my success is greatly determined on my ability to separate myself from those individuals. And I tried all the stupid things, all the above you can imagine. But when I started developing my personal brand, I was able to really steal some of that mind share because I knew, I knew when it was between myself and another individual, and we were even somewhat close, I was going to make dang sure, that i won that because of all the things that i had done prior to planting all of these seeds if you will of, of of attention so that when that did grow and it cultivated and i were able to was able to see that the crop was was a wonderful wonderful result so really leveraging personal brands is going to be huge i, I think it's almost going to be necessary for success. Um, To position yourself as almost a relevant thought leader, because obviously that's important, but mainly positioning yourself against your competition because they do exist. They will always exist. And any point that you're not sharpening your ax, I guarantee they are sharpening theirs. Good advice.
2: Eddie, is there anything that I did not ask you about that you'd like to touch on?
0: Man, no, above all things, just don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to really shine your light and turn it up to 11, especially in the industrial manufacturing space. There's a lot of individuals doing really, really cool things, but moving forward, if if you ignore those efforts and you just do it the way that you've always done, you're going to receive the results and, and, and get that which you've always received. So be a good human, shine your light, turn it up to 11
2: and hang out with your friends. Awesome, Eddie. Good way to wrap it up. I appreciate you doing this today. And I'd love for you to tell our audience how they can get in touch with you. Absolutely.
0: Love being on LinkedIn. You can find me at Eddie Saunders Jr. Um, on LinkedIn. Also, you know, on the Facebook, on the Instagram as The Flexing Father. And if you want to, you can check out Flex Machine Tools, lots of amazing and occasionally really, really funny content, but plenty of places to look and find. Awesome. And how about your podcast? Flex and Friends. We go live on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube every Thursday at 4 p.m. where I'm sitting down, chatting, hanging out with, and picking the brain of the industry's loudest, proudest, best, brightest, most passionate, and profound thought leaders.
2: Sounds like you've said that before. A couple times. <laughs> yeah, go check out Eddie's Eddie's show. Really great podcast. He's a great interviewer, and it's fun to get you on the other side of the table here and share your insights with our audience. So thanks for doing this. It's a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much. Awesome. As for the rest of you, I hope to catch you on the next episode of the Manufacturing Executive. Before we go, I want to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, Prolific. Prolific is an account planning solution that enables manufacturing sales teams to log key information and build account plans right inside of Salesforce, rather than resorting to sticky notes, spreadsheets, whiteboards, and slide decks. Learn more at prolific.ai. That's P-R-O-L-I-F-I-Q.